0: It's time now for Money Matters with the Lewis family. Doug, Linda, and Deborah, owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh based family owned financial planning firm providing investment and financial planning advice since 1983. Doug and Deborah are certified financial planners. CFPs who can answer any of your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Why not call Doug, Linda, Endeavor right now at 919-860-9783 with your financial planning questions. That's 919-860-9783 now. Here's Doug, Linda, and Deborah.
1: Investments offered through SFA Inc., investment advice through Lewis Financial Management. SFA Inc., and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. Hello, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters has been providing you with a personal financial hotline for all your questions about investments, estate planning, tax planning, money management, and retirement planning for over 30 years. Well, good evening, North Carolina. We are here once again, and I don't know if we have good news or bad news because everything seems to be getting higher and higher.
2: Yes, the market is experiencing historical highs isn't it doug
1: and everybody is wondering is now the time to sell should i stay what should i do and quite frankly
2: those that are in the market have enjoyed the ride
1: <laughs> it's been a very interesting year so far there's an awful lot that we want to talk about this evening we have a lot of topics to, t- to cover this evening but i'm also enjoying the weather
3: <laughs> Yes, wonderful weather it really was. And this is Deborah, Doug and Linda's daughter. And um, it was a beautiful day, and I'd like to wish someone a happy birthday. One of my friend's daughters is turning sweet sixteen. Wow. Oh, congratulations. Yes. So this is a big mile marker speaking of a good year.
1: Well, before we go to tonight's show, I do want to remind our listeners that our website, Doug and Linda dot com, Doug and Linda dot com, is available for you to go to to see. Uh, Some of the faces behind the voices to get a lot of more information. And also we'd like to remind our listeners, those that are coming in for appointments in the next week or two, that we are offering three books. One, The Wealthy Barber. Two, Middle Class Millionaire. Three, Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth. We're giving those books out to individuals who call in and make appointments and this past week we did have a chance to give away several of those books so we're reminding our listeners again that's waiting for you also call us tonight we have lots of answers for lots of questions
2: you're listening to money matters with the lewises on news radio 680
3: wptf and linda our number at the office is 919-872-7000 if you'd like to call us and see you hear something tonight that sounds like your situation Leave a message and we'll set up an appointment. Well, speaking of um, mile markers in people's lives, a lot of people uh, who are college age have a lot of questions. Doug, what would be some financial advice that you would give to students starting college?
1: Well, I think the question is a very good question. I'll pass it to you, Linda. What do you think would be the first bit of advice you'd give a new college freshman?
2: Well, it's important to set up a student bank account. And I'm sure that if your mom and dad haven't helped you, you've probably done that yourself. Set up this student bank account. Keep track. Make sure to keep track what goes in, what goes out. And make sure that you, as a student, understand all of the account fees and their justification before you sign up. Also, learn to budget and don't overspend. Good advice.
1: I like that. I like that. Start with the matter of budgeting because as you go through your college years and move into the working years, the question is going to very much be, how do I get my hands around the whole financial world? So learn to budget. Financial planning starts with budgeting, understanding expenses. And then I would add to that, Linda, Deborah, I would say that start the habit of putting aside 10% of any paycheck that you make, working part-time during school, make the habit. 10% of everything should go into some sort of a savings account or an investment account.
3: And I would say uh, to add to that, start saving just in general as early as possible. And and a lot of that saving can be learned through a financial literacy class or even just setting an appointment with a certified financial planner because it will be one of the best investments you'll ever make. And Doug, we, as you know, of course, uh, have had two recent meetings with couples who set the appointment up specifically because they wanted their young adult children to start life with the best financial Uh, habits and goals that they could learn in a three-hour session as possible.
0: If you'd like a personal consultation with either Doug or Deborah Lewis, call Lewis Financial Management at 919-872-7000. So often through the years, we have had appointments
1: with clients, and right away they say, boy, I wish I had met you Uh 10 years before, (laughs) or I wish I had met you 20 years before. And so, so many of these now are saying, How about a session where you give basic education Uh to my children?
3: Yeah. And it is
1: really rewarding.
3: Yeah, because sometimes the parents themselves have achieved a lot and they would like to pass it on, but they would like it to come from a third party or um, someone with a little bit of uh, maybe different sort of authority.
1: If you start early with this matter of financial literacy, then you can learn the power of setting aside $5,500 a year into an IRA or a 401k and investing it into... Uh, into a mutual fund. This can mean the difference between becoming a millionaire or worrying about becoming what they call the proverbial bag lady. At least at a minimum, you should sit down with your parents or other adults that you connect with and ask them to share some of their best and worst money moves when they were in college.
3: Good
2: advice. Well, thanks, Doug. And if you'd like to set up an appointment regarding your personal financial planning situation and how you can achieve your goals, call us at Lewis Financial Management, LLC in Raleigh. That number is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000.
3: Well, Doug, there's this... Rise of ultra-cheap financial advisors out there. What is this all about?
1: Yeah, there have been a number of articles in the past week, actually, that I've seen because in a world in which the expected long-term return on stocks after taxes and inflation is 3%, 4% a year at best, then financial advisors still typically are charging as much as 1% a year for their services. Well, if that's the case... Why, when you take all the risks, does the advisor get up to one-third of the reward? And that's the logic behind these new, what they call robo-advisors. It's it's a fast-growing trend toward delivering dirt-cheap financial advice online, and they're calling them robo-advisors.
3: So... Maybe short for robot advisor or something mechanical or technology-based?
1: Yes. These are computer models to provide automated portfolio management for fees of about a quarter of 1% per year.
3: Okay. So at what levels do people kind of get, uh, either get this advice or or don't? Get the service, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, at the higher levels let's say you have more than $5 million, Vanguard will actually send an advisor to meet with you face-to-face as needed. But to be sure, if you only have 50000 up to a half a million, let's say then Vanguard's not going to give you a butler to be at your side for every financial decision. But much of the advice is going to be generated automatically by these firms' computers. These are robo-advisors and delivered online and You know, there's a lot of pros and cons as people are discussing these. Uh, What about objectives? What's your appetite for risk? And one of the Vanguard program's financial advisors might talk to you by phone or a video conference to tweak your portfolio.
3: So basically, if you have a very uh, small portfolio or on the low end of the money-managed spectrum, you're going to be advised by this robot or this computer program. Doesn't sound like very good advice.
1: Yeah, they're very popular. They're getting a lot of press, and people are going that way. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with it. Matter of fact, I'm sure I don't agree with
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Doug we know. <laughs> this is bad advice to rely on a what computer. What do they call it? FaceTime. Let's have that's, some face-to-face time right. And Piri I think Fizer. that was the biggest the <laughs> point that they make is that, you know, if the market crashes, no one's going to plop down on your living room couch and prevent you from doing something rash or helping you out there. So if you really want financial planning, then you really need to see a certified financial planner, someone face-to-face, make an appointment. Appointment, meet with someone because no matter what is going to be invented or uh, developed nothing beats someone sitting there across the table from you asking you what are your goals what are your desires what's your cash flow like what kind of insurance needs do you need you know are you thinking about how about the children do we need to pay for college what about the parents I mean the list goes on and on Linda doesn't it, it certainly does and
2: I would imagine that uh many of the individuals that are participating in these robo-advisor um, enticements are, you know, um, the Don't, average person uh-huh. out there that's a professional that is very uh, computer-driven, uh, and, and it, you know, it's inviting. And I think it is good, on the one hand, that people are looking at financial planning.
0: If you would like to make an appointment with the Lewises, call Lewis Financial Management at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000.
2: As you said, Deborah, I would agree with you and Doug that um, it's important that both spouses be involved in the financial planning process. And if you're going to, you know, uh, most of the the folks are listeners that have come to us through our radio program and in our financial planning practice, they're... Average families that are working diligently, day in, day out, year in, decade out, and they're accumulating, and they're taking care of their children, and at some point, they're going to retire. But because they have questions about their situation, mom and dad don't always see eye to eye. Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and I think the eye to eye can't be seen using a robot. Exactly. Uh I think the real problem facing today's middle class families is not that they need a quicker or less expensive way to get an appropriate mix of relatively uncorrelated asset class categories, which is the way the robo-advisor is going to do it. Okay. The, the problem for most is not inadequate asset allocation strategies or even inferior investment products. It's not even that human advisors are too slow and costly when compared with some sort of online-based algorithm. Rather, the issue for most middle-class families is that they don't save and invest in any meaningful way. And that can't be solved with any automated planning tool or less expensive online investment product or services. What these families need is to adopt fundamentally different behavior strategies in their struggle to attain the financial goals that they want for themselves.
3: Right. I mean, you've got to definitely save and invest. And if you are if, you, if you're if you tempted, if the temptations of consumerism are just too big for you, then that's going to be your biggest impediment to developing positive and disciplined financial behavior.
1: Yeah, you don't realize it, but the whole uh, financial planning aspect has to include help, helping the clients ignore the lures of consumerism, cars, TVs, even lattes, the, the whole advertising world is designed to say, enjoy now, spend now, don't think about the future. Right. But the solution for combating these temptations is a distinctly human one. Okay. Not a robo-advisor. Middle-class families need coaching, financial coaching. They need a face-to-face relationship that addresses the behavior that runs counter to to the pursuit of long-term financial security.
3: Wow, wow, you know, and I, be, I bet that um, uh, if asked, most people would say probably about 50-50 of people who do have a uh, dedicated financial advisor and th- of those who uh, don't, do and don't. Yeah, yeah, the
1: robo-advisors are not competing so much with human financial advisors, but rather with providers of do-it-yourself tools and services. and And that's that's another whole world out there but that's different from the financial coach the financial planner what we provide in our firm for so many years.
3: So, wouldn't you say that what most people need is just more insight and understanding about how they can, you know, better manage things like, oh, I don't know, your tax withholdings, your consumer debt, your discretionary spending, and just just the ability to liberate a couple of hundred dollars each month to better uh, cover or begin the uh, emergency fund and begin investing.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this is. The role of the financial planner. All right. these aspects, Deborah, just like you said, that's right. they are not able to be generated by some sort of computerized that's right. uh, model. You have
0: so many questions, and Doug Linda and Deborah have the answers. Call Lewis Financial Management at 919 872 7000 That's nine one nine USA seven thousand.
3: I think that's what we are why we are here on Sunday nights, is we want to let uh uh, all of our listening audience know that we are available now during this hour dedicated for your ability to call in and ask us questions about your financial situation. If anything that we are talking right. about reminds you of your situation, then it, it it allows you an opportunity to call in and get some free advice. Yes, if it does. You know, if you'd like to set an appointment, don't call us on the radio show. Call and leave a message. I'll be by the office later tonight. We'll call you in the morning. We'll set up a time. And a lot of people just feel like that they've heard something something familiar and they say, they'll often say to, to Linda or to me, you know, what you were talking about last night reminded me about, and then they'll tell her story. And Exactly. This is how it all happens. So call us at Lewis Financial
2: Management. If you have questions about your personal situation, 919 872 That's 919-USA-7000.
1: David, this is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner. How can I help you?
2: Yeah, I'm
0: interested in, uh, Charitable remainder trust. We're a two-career couple with no children.
1: Two-career couple. How old are you? Forty-nine and
0: forty-six.
1: Forty-nine and forty-six. Your income and hers. Uh, one hundred
0: and
1: fifty. One hundred thousand and fifty thousand. No children. Right. Okay. Now let me ask you a couple of uh, devil's advocate questions. For example, sure. what is it that attracts you, and what do you, why do you want a charitable trust? Usually, I'm the one recommending uh,
0: them. I. I would like to leave a significant amount of money to a university in the name of my
1: father. All right. Outstanding. Now, the Charitable Remainder Trust is, in my opinion, and I think Linda would agree with me, the most powerful financial planning tool available today. It can do about four things at once. You have to really walk carefully through the arrangement to make it work right. But the first thing you can do and the the only thing you ought to be careful of is learn who not to do it with. You want to not make the trustee the charity. You want to be the chair, the trustee yourself. Uh-huh. So we want to set up a charitable remainder trust. How uh, are you thinking of transferring real estate or cash or securities? What were you thinking of putting into this trust?
0: Uh, a combination of things, of uh, uh, real estate partnership.
1: Uh, Can't do a real estate partnership. What else?
0: Uh, cash.
1: You can do cash. You can do securities, uh, and you can do real estate. Okay. You can do real estate if there's no mortgage on it.
0: Okay, and uh, and uh, life insurance.
1: I uh, can't do life insurance. There are special rules on doing life on on giving life insurance to the charitable trust. That's okay. a tricky one. All right. About how much are you are are you thinking of putting into this charitable trust? About a half. Uh, All right. You can. Here's what you can do. Number one, and you want to work with a financial planner who is experienced in the area of charitable trust. But number one, we want to establish a charitable remainder unit trust, and I would recommend a NIMCRUT. They come in different flavors, if you will. There is the charitable trust called the straight charitable trust. Then there is the net income charitable trust. And then there's the net income with a payout provision or an IOU account, and that's the uh, makeup account, the M of NIMCRUT. So I would use a NIMCRUT. We establish this charitable remainder trust. We make it a NIMCRUT and we identify you as the trustee. So you're going to transfer from your own name, this half million dollars of assets, into your name as trustee of this charitable trust. We're going to then identify you and your wife as the income beneficiaries for the remainder of your lives. You now then will be paying yourself income for the rest of your lives, so that and you will control all of the investments in this NIMCRUD. The key to establishing it is the payout rate. Since you're young and your income is high, and I presume your expenses are not 150,000,
0: no, not
1: so. All right. If that's the case, then we want to set the payout rate as low as permissible by law. And the reason is the amount that grows inside this charitable trust will grow into the millions at your age. Not only is it going to give you a tax deduction on your income taxes, then. You're building up what's called an IOU account, the makeup account, inside this charitable trust so that let's say 10 years from now when you're 59, you can start to pull out as much as $200,000, $300,000, $400,000 for yourself and for your wife uh, for retirement income needs as you see fit according to your makeup account. The key is the trustee. The other thing is I would advise you do not make your charitable beneficiary irrevocable. You can change the, bear, the, the, the the beneficiary as many times as you want during your lifetime.
2: Does that kind of help, David? Yeah, it may help a lot, Ms. Boston. If you would like some further information on this, you can call us at the office in Raleigh. Okay. And that number is 919-872-7000. That's USA 7000. Okay. And we'll be happy to send you some information. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for calling. That was a very interesting call, wasn't it, Doug?
1: Yeah, you know, the whole question, I like David's question too, because the whole question of how to use a desire that you have to give to a university or to do something in honor of someone else, uh, many people just think, well, I'll just give it away. But they are missing the huge tax benefits that the Internal Revenue Code allows you. To build this thing around, we talked about a NIMCRUT. That's a net income with makeup charitable remainder unit trust. There's also a, a, a SCRUT, a standard charitable remainder unit trust. There's a flipped charitable trust. But my point is that once you learn how to use these tools, you can go ahead and and really get a multitude of benefits. And, of course, you and I have done these, Linda, for many years. I think the first one we ever did was with your mom, wasn't it? What year was that?
2: Oh, that was way back in 1990.
1: 1990. (laughs) An incredible amount of benefit that happened from it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So There are a lot of individuals out there who are philanthropic and have big hearts because of having been blessed over their lifetime. And whether they're farmers that just... You know, the kids don't want the farm, and they have all this land, and they need income. It's a wonderful strategy, isn't it, Doug, to provide income. uh, It's like, it's a win-win situation, because if you have an asset, it's appreciated, whether it's a stock, whether it's land, whether it's real estate, then that appreciated asset, we transfer out of your estate into the charitable trust, and then we sell it within the trust, and it's tax-free, isn't it?
1: It's tax-free inside the trust, There's a, and then it starts paying you, just like a pension, starts paying you for the rest of your life. So, yeah, I uh, hope some of our listeners out there are interested and will give us a call because we can really get a lot of bang out of this tool.
3: Well, Doug, Linda, when uh, the kids leave and we have this empty nest uh, syndrome or empty nest Uh, feeling, a lot of times there is a conversation about whether or not you should sell your home or not. And uh, when people are making this decision, they need to consider lots of pros and cons. So what would be some of your advice?
1: Well, I'm thinking of a widow in her early 50s who did have to tackle this tough question. And the question was, should she keep the big family house with high mortgage payments that symbolize security and comfort for her kids? Or should she sell the house to cut her expenses and pursue the dream of leaving her corporate job for interior design school? So So very common. very, Very common. Life changes after you're widowed. Well, while selling the home is sometimes the best option for many women with grown kids, It's not the right choice for everybody, nor is it always the best plan for empty nesters or empty nest men who live alone.
2: I would agree with that, Doug.
1: Yeah, there's no one-size-fits-all answer here. But we do need, first of all, to consider the money issues around the decision.
3: And a lot of things may have changed. Uh, Many breadwinners may have experienced a decline in their income. Or some still haven't recovered uh, all of the home equity that they lost when the real estate bubble burst. So with so much at stake, you know, along with, in let's say you're paying for college costs for your kids. With the rising cost of college and retirement, single parents can't afford to put on blinders when it comes to these kinds of financial matters.
1: I'm reminded of a client who was widowed. uh, She was quite young. uh, I think it was about eight or nine years ago when she came to us with four children. Uh Uh-huh and uh this was her question one of her questions of course Mm -hmm. uh but now as life has gone on Mm -hmm. her situation has changed and everything Mm -hmm. so there isn't one answer to this but on the other hand the home is a big question because very often it's one of the largest financial assets that the widow has to work with so don't try and make this decision on your own work with a certified financial planner that can give you the advice after looking at all of the aspects in your own
2: world, you know, there's. Um, I would agree with uh, what you've said, Doug, and also you, Deborah, because uh, when a person loses a spouse, uh, it's at a very emotional time. And if you have children, if if they're young, then it, the home is a, s- a stable place for them as they're growing up. But even if they're teenagers, it's there's still. All that emotion and if they're college students, they may want to still come home for those holiday uh, weekends or f- just
3: feeling, you know. Well, you feeling- bring up a good point. You have to balance every financial decision with the emotional and family decision. Exactly. Right. You know, that's that's the biggest reason why most financial planning um, appointments at our office tend to be, you know, one half therapist, one half money, you know, counselor. I mean, because it's, it really is. All of this affects our lives.
0: If you'd like a personal consultation with either Doug or Deborah Lewis, call Lewis Financial Management at 919-872-7000.
2: And I, for many widows out there, there's a lot of fear about the future. Right. And earlier, you mentioned something about feeling like the proverbial bag lady in retirement. Absolutely, that fear. Um, yeah, and so it's important to to feel comfort. And and uh, going back to, you know, what we've spoken about earlier in the show, it's it 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 is worth every penny that you pay to work with a fee based certified financial planner, because you will get the comfort that you get your questions answered, you can look at the big picture in your situation, and you can have the education that you need to make sound decisions. Right, Doug?
1: You're right, Linda, because that was the genesis of this radio show when we opened up Money Matters with the Lewises back in 1990. Our
2: thought was... 24 years. That was
1: a long time ago. But our desire was to let the public know that there is a professional out there who's not trying to sell you something who actually will get into your world and give you the financial advice from all aspects, not only the investment aspects and the matter of selling the home or not selling the home and the matter of income taxes, but all aspects. And that was our desire. That's still our desire. Of course, now Deborah is the lead person giving the same desire, uh, the same advice with the same desire, to educate the public that there is a professional who is 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 educated
3: and you know what's interesting is the demographic I think the, the wider, uh, there have been a wider number of people in different ages who have wanted this advice, so much so that a lot of those calls that I get, and I had two this week, Deborah, can I set up an appointment to come in because I'm in my 30s, mm. we've just had our first child, mm-hmm. we're both employed, we have a home, we don't know about insurance, and you know what, we have been listening and we know that we need to find out if we're on the right track, uh, how to Stay focused on the end result being 30 years down the line. And we don't want to be pushed uh, into a situation of making a bad decision because we just didn't have good advice. Can we come in and buy a couple hours and ask you about our own situation? Why, yes, you can. And it's it's what we do all week long. It's our love of our- of, of, of dealing with all of these, exactly. everyone's personal, individual situations. Yeah,
1: You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewises, WPTF.
3: Well, Doug, many people are confused about the tax consequences of their 401k plan. And uh, so here are a few of the questions I've gathered um, that I would love for you to address tonight. How is it taxed, it being the 401k, when income is withdrawn? And then is the 401k taxed at someone's death? And do the beneficiaries pay income tax on the 401k? All
1: right. Let's take them one by one. Yes, sir. 401k. How is it taxed when the income is withdrawn? Well, it depends if you're under 59 and a half or over 59 and a half. If you're under 59 and a half, when you start taking the income out, then you pay three taxes you pay North Carolina tax, income tax, you pay federal income tax, and you pay an additional 10% penalty. Or 10% tax on top of that. So you have these three taxes if you're under 59 and a half.
3: Okay. Now, now
1: if you're over 59 and a half. Yes, sir. You only have two income taxes,
3: Our federal North income Carolina. tax
1: and North Carolina income tax. Okay, Okay. so much for uh, when income is taken out. All right, how about the 401k at death? That was your second question, that Deborah. That was, yes, okay. sir. Okay, at death, the 401k is not actually taxed. Okay. It is not taxed itself. That doesn't mean that the IRS isn't waiting to get a bite out of it. But what happens is your third question was the beneficiaries. Yes, the beneficiaries have to pay a special tax called IRD, income in respect of decedent. So let's see how that would work. Let's say that it's a uh, a $1 million 401k that's accumulated through these years. Okay. All right.
3: And so dad has a $1 million 401k, and he dies, and now Junior is inheriting it.
1: All right, if Junior inherits it, right away, on Junior's income tax statement that year, he has... $1 One million dollars of IRD or income in respect of decedent, or to say it another way, it looks as if he made a one million dollar salary bonus this year, and he is taxed at the and it, he is taxed at the highest rate. Okay. So that IRD tax is taxed to the beneficiaries just as if it was salary that year.
3: Okay. The IRD tax would be the would be based on the 1 million being received as income. That's exactly
0: okay. right. That's exactly right. To make your appointment at Lewis Financial Management here in Raleigh, call the Lewises at 919-872-7000. That's 919 USA 7000.
3: All right. So now, how do my how how would junior's benefit or uh, junior as the beneficiary, well, I guess that would be that would be the only way. So could he stretch it out or change that receiving that one large lump sum income on his taxes of a million dollars?
1: That's a very interesting uh, option that we do have. We call it a beneficiary uh, you roll it into an IRA, or you uh-huh. make it an IRA. It can be a beneficiary IRA, a stretch IRA, but you do have the stretch provisions. Okay. Uh, for some people, it's a very good move. For other people, it's not at all a good move.
3: And of course, Doug, what I'm pointing out to uh, anyone listening, and and hoping that it, it, it prompts a question, is there's a big difference between being a child beneficiary and a spousal beneficiary. Two different sets of rules. Very complex issues. Work with a financial planner when this is your situation, and make sure that these kinds of questions are answered uh, before uh, you know before you die but as you're as you're thinking about how to best leave to your wife it's very different than how to best leave to your children. Well
1: Deborah, you just reminded me of the one part that I didn't talk about. Yes. If the 401k is left to your wife then there is no tax benefit there's no tax at all. Okay. It rolls into the wife's IRA. There we go. All right. Well, there was a really interesting article called, Should You Trust a Wealth Manager? Deborah Linda, did you all see that article? Yes, we
2: did. certainly did. Did
1: you all see that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a look now. If you have a portfolio of, let's say, a half million dollars or more, then you've probably been approached by financial advisors who are now calling themselves wealth managers offering to manage your money. This wealth management may sound very appealing, You can have all your financial needs taken care of in one place, but in reality, it's a term that many advisors are using to lure you in so they can sell you an array of products and services that you might not even need. And that's because these, quote, quote, wealth managers often have incentives to sell you whatever they can or even whatever generates the highest fees instead of what's best for your own financial goals. So let's consider a hypothetical example. We'll take Bob and Mary. Okay. We're going to say they're both 65 years old and they're retired. All right. And they're going to interview two different so-called wealth managers about managing a million-dollar portfolio. Their goal is to have enough money for a comfortable retirement and leave a little to their two kids if there's any money left over. Okay, Linda, what's wealth manager number one gonna say? So
2: wealth manager number one is gonna recommend that they put five hundred thousand into an annuity, and he sells them some long-term care insurance because he's focused on insurance products, and he happens to get an eight percent commission on every annuity he sells. Mm-hmm. So he then recommends that they also purchase some mutual fund investments. And he refers them to his buddy, who also does estate planning, knowing that his buddy's going to turn around and send him some referrals.
1: Very good. He might even have a radio show that does that and everything. But you're exactly, that might be wealth manager number one. Okay, Deborah, what's wealth manager number two going to do? So
3: wealth manager number two offers to put together an elaborate financial plan for one fee an estate plan for another fee set up a trust for a third fee, and manage their portfolio using a combination of stocks and bonds for yet another fee. He also highly recommends they work with his CPA buddy to develop a tax strategy, knowing his buddy will pay him a fee for that referral. All
1: right, you got it. All right, y'all got it perfectly. Mm. What's the problem here? The problem lies in the obvious conflicts of interest. Okay. What Bob and Mary really need is a true expert, with a transparent fee structure and without any incentives to make referrals or sell products. And that's because there is this confusion out there of wealth managers
0: versus financial planning. If you would like to make an appointment with the Lewises, call Lewis Financial Management. At 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. A comprehensive
1: financial planning approach is very, very important. And it's got to include seven key areas. It's got to include money management, yes. It's got to include financial planning. It's got to include estate planning. It's got to include tax strategies, insurance planning, mortgage or debt management, and banking And the vast majority of these self-purported wealth managers, they're only offering some of these services. But, in my opinion, missing any crucial piece or two could have serious implications on your retirement and on your beneficiaries. Wow. So, the real story out there is don't get sucked into one of these wealth managers.
3: Okay. And sometimes it's probably just a new packaging of the same thing. And, you know, the, the need to have a good financial planner, give you solid, objective uh, advice about your subjective situation is the most important part. Well, and, and everybody's
2: got to make money <laughs> to support their families. Right, we have no problem with people and, making money, uh, but you need to know. But, uh, but you need to, to really look at, What are you getting for what you're paying for? And are you paying for the advice that you're getting? Because there are a lot of salesmen out there and there are a lot of folks that are confused about what's being presented to them. I know that, uh, you know, we've had some clients come to us that they had some concerns because they were given a presentation. And the end of the story was just like this article said, the guy wanted to sell me an annuity. And I don't know what annuity is. And I think, by and large, um, you know, these principles that you stated earlier, Doug, these came from the College of Financial Planning ever since, you know, the early 80s. That's right. When financial planning first came uh, you around know, as
3: an industry and in a
2: it, Well, in, the, in profession. the early days as a profession in, in the 80s. And uh, everyone needs to address financial planning. So call us at Lewis Financial Management if you have questions about your personal situation. 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Let's take another caller, Doug.
1: Hi, Rush. This is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner. How can I help you?
2: Hello, Doug. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I have a question for you. It's kind of a specific question. Sure, go ahead. Um, I was chosen as my uh, godfather for... My nephew, right? My brother's son, mm-hmm. and my mother is very concerned right now that I do some sort of gift or investment for this child for later on in his life. Right now, he's only like one years old. Okay. But um, I need I want I need some advice as to where I could put some money that's that's going into kind of a long term plan of growth.
1: Right, right. Well, now he's only one year old. Yeah. Personally, you've got two different ways that you can do it. You can do it in a lump sum, or you can do it in a monthly. Uh, because he's only one year old, you have the benefit of time, and time will offer the magic of compounding. Uh, it's amazing if you actually put aside 1000 or $2,000 for uh, a one-year-old, what that would grow to be over a 20-year period. On the other hand, if you wanted to go ahead and put a lesser amount in, I uh, Say, on a monthly basis, you could work it out that way also. In either case, the proper investment vehicle would be a growth mutual fund. Uh, now, you could do it in what's called a UGMA account. That's called a Uniform Gift to Minors Act account because he's too young, obviously, to own it himself. Or you could do it uh, – in other words, somebody has to be the custodian of that account.
2: That, can I be the custodian? Yes.
1: Yes, you can. So you could put it into a Uniform Gift to Minors Act account – To where you are the custodian. And actually, you have two types of uniform gift to minors acts accounts. The traditional UGMA account matures, or I shouldn't say matures, but it gives him access to the money at 18. I generally don't like that one because that's too young. You can get a UTMA account, which denies him direct access until he's 21. Let's you get to it to use for him or give to him. But I think that I would try the UTMA account, the Uniform Transfer to Miners Act account, and all of the mutual fund companies will 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 they will have those available.
2: Okay, can I set something that, like that with a stock broker or an investment?
1: Firm? Yeah, you can. You can use a certified financial planner. You can use a stock.